This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, and welcome to the Arsenal Transfer Show. Every single morning for you on the Guna Talk at 8am. Uh, it is an absolute pleasure to join you as always. Thank you uh, for doing so. It is, yeah, it's great. It's great to see you. It's great to have you with me. It's great to have a chat about the Arsenal as always. This community continues to be a fantastic thing um, and to show the reasons why I do what I do. Um, so thank you as always for tuning in. Uh, you've been an incredible amount of support. It's yeah, there's been there's been stuff going on um, that I'm going to be able to talk about uh, very very soon. Actually, on Monday, uh, about kind of a situation going forwards. But yeah, the last the last two months, as I've mentioned to you, as I've mentioned on a number of shows, kind of has has taken a real hit um, to me. Uh, some people know what's been going on, some people don't, um, and hopefully, I'm going to be able to talk about that and a lot more on Monday. Um, but there's been obviously some significant changes in my life and some significant turnarounds in my life recently as well that I can't wait to speak to you about um, because it's yeah, it's it's a and I think an example actually of you know doing doing what you think is the right thing and going forwards and uh, and putting the effort into try and uh, and do what needs to be done so yeah i'm looking forward to talking about that next week um but i just wanted to start off today's show as uh, as the weekend begins by saying a massive thank you to to you guys to the community um because what you've helped me to create here what you've helped by supporting me through some really really difficult times is is really enlightening um so thank you for that uh thank you for those that tuned into yesterday's phone-in show uh thank you for yesterday's uh show which kind of looked at a little bit different of a, of a topic uh i tackled the i think what was a really difficult topic to kind of you know sometimes you've got to put your head above the the parapet if you like um and uh you're going to end up taking stick for it you're going to end up taking some scrutiny for it because uh we obviously talk about news each day but i, I have seen just uh, on social media like the what's been talked about what's been spread around about Mikel arteta and obviously the amount of money that he's been spent so we talked about that yesterday we talked about the 700 million taglines which obviously aren't true um that he'd spent 
supposedly a hundred million pound more than actually what has been spent and we had a really good phone-in show so thank you so much um for for that and uh thank you so much for um continuing to support us and for tuning into those shows uh good morning to those joining us in the chat box uh a1 matt g damien john good morning to you to barry to old david to franklin to stevie uh temi good morning to matt tomo and Stephen paul jose a b nsw jorgen matt g uh peter martin uh, other martin amira arsenal for life guna 76 Stephen louis josh uh, Franklin Goodwin, uh, Rejected Billionaire, World Citizen Darren, and plenty more of you guys and girls as well. Thank you uh, so much for the support and everybody else as well. It really is. Uh, Temi, no, I'm not leaving the show uh, at all. Don't worry. The show is going nowhere. It's things in a wider sphere. Um, you know, I've been having some challenges on, you know, for with mental health and things off camera. Um, so, you know, when I needed a win. Uh, this week and, and and that certainly came so thank you for that uh, let's crack on with today's story shall we um premier league action uh, is here and uh yesterday we saw burnley and luton take part in the first round of what is the kind of split premier league game week uh, we have some games taking place uh, today and tomorrow but the rest of the games will not be taking place until next week of course arsenal's game against crystal palace is is one of those fixtures um so i'd recommend going and checking that out uh because it's going to be an exciting game that we need to we need to make sure that we win that game otherwise it is going to be really um really genuinely uh a meltdown period but we've got today chelsea against fulham really interesting west london derby and then of course a very important game for arsenal's title race hopes newcastle host manchester city a game in which last season delivered a six goals in quite the thriller at St. James's Park. So will we see a repeat of last season? I think Arsenal will be hoping to see points dropped for Man City, but Newcastle haven't necessarily had the, the best of time lately, of course. And uh, yeah, they're certainly in a position in which um, they'll be hoping to try and pick up points to the best of their ability as they chase down European qualification spots. Uh, and then tomorrow, which I'll talk a little bit more about tomorrow, but Everton Villa and Manchester United against Tottenham. Now, Arsenal's under-21s beat Aston Villa last night. We had a goal from Ismail Kabia, 18-year-old winger you may not have heard of so far. It was his first start playing for uh, the under-21s um, in his entire career, I think, um, unless that, I've got that wrong. I think it was his first start for Arsenal's under-21s, the 18 years of age. And in his first start, uh, he scored uh, his goal uh, to give Arsenal a 1-0 win, um, which is, uh, I, th I think, I th maybe he scored maybe he scored the week before, but I'm, I'm pretty sure, um, you know, this game against uh, Aston Villa, uh, sorry, against Middlesbrough, is, is his first game. I think he came on the week before. But you may notice also something on the screen in the subs bench. You can see there, in the subs, Chido Obi Martin uh, as well. The If you remember, he is the guy that famously scored 10 goals against Liverpool's youth team. Um, it's great to see him on the bench for the, uh, the under-21s. Uh, he's still 16 years of age um, and a really, obviously, exciting talent. He came on in the game against Villa. Only had a, a few minutes of action, but he did come on earlier in the season as well against Brighton in a 6-3 win for the under-21. So he's making his impact. You know, he's, he's progressing through the ranks. He's getting those chances. That's really, really good to see. Um, and it seems Arsenal have got some amazing uh, talent in their teenage ranks to to try and, and supplement, I guess, the senior side going forward. So that's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, Marquinhos has been uh, recalled um, 
from his loan spell with Nantes. Uh, obviously, we know that he wasn't particularly um, having a great time out in France. He, he barely played um, for the for the French side this season. Um, and he'd obviously been playing with the Pan America Games for the Brazil youth side as well. He's actually returned and he's going to be going off straight away during this winter break. Um, he's going to be playing for Brazil's under-23s during their Olympic pre-tournaments as well. So I think that Marquinhos and his future... It's difficult. Uh, I spoke to someone close to the uh, club yesterday um, who told me that there's been no decision taken yet with the player. Um, all options remain open. Um, he could return from his time with the Brazil youth side and be reintegrated into the under-21s for the rest of this season. He could go out on loan if there's another option that returns during this window. He could yet be sold. Um, a team could come in and Arsenal wouldn't necessarily... Um, stop that from happening if the right figure is is brought forwards. I'm told that any option uh, is on the table at the moment for Marquinhos as we try and sort out the next stage of his career with or without Arsenal Football Club. Uh, now, João Palinha's agent has been saying and talking to, uh, I think, Pletigal, um, Florian Pletterberg of, of Sky Germany, talking about uh, João Palinha's situation. And the expectation is that he will not move uh, during this winter window. Uh, of course, the player has been linked with a move to Arsenal. It's been linked with a move to Bayern Munich and a number of other clubs as well. Uh, but there is no expectation, no matter the interest of any of these clubs, that he will leave during the January transfer window. It is expected that Joao Pelinha will indeed um, stick around with Fulham at least until the summer. He has signed that brand new deal after that very close call with the move to Bayern last summer. But the expectation is that he will indeed stay during this window. And uh, a headline story, if you like, AFC Amden on Twitter, very well connected accounts uh, saying yesterday that Arsenal expect to sign Ivan Tony in the summer. Big calls being made, big claims uh, coming out. And uh, we know that Arsenal see Ivan Tony as, as one of their key players uh, and key potential signings. But the full tweet read uh, read by AFC Andam is that Arsenal expect to sign Tony in the summer if all goes to plan with his comeback in the next six months. Arteta is keen to sign a Premier League proven forward who is English with the expectation that a few homegrown players will depart in the summer, remaining open to an opportunity during this window. Um, we expect that Arsenal will push for homegrown players. Of course, we've got Smith-Rowe and Ketia, Nelson, Ramsdale could all leave the club. And so it makes sense that they would target English players. Um, how much they might want for Tony in the summer um, is a question mark because, of course, they'll have one year left on his contract with Brentford. He'll be, I think, what, 28 years of age by that point as well. Um, so how much they will expect for, for Ivan Tony remains to be seen. 100 million is the price tag in January, but how much they'll expect for Tony in, in the summer transfer window, I guess we'll have to remain patient on that. Of course, uh, I've had my reservations about this deal. You know my thoughts on this. I think that Arsenal maybe could target somebody better, um, but there's no doubt that whenever Arsenal sign a player, we give them our full backing and undivided support and hope that they succeed and hope that in particular they prove me wrong if this turns out to be the player that Arsenal end up moving for. Okay, shall we move to part two and your questions right after this. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat box and go through some of your questions for today's show, shall we? Um, Matt G says, Tom, Arteta and Salt Bay discuss. Oh, my goodness me. Um, <laughs> you really can't. Can like, we're sadly, we're sadly um, going to see a lot of uh, of criticism for this. And to be fair, Arteta's really given his critics the ammunition, hasn't he? He's really given his critics the ammunition. Um, he is an unbelievable manager, but my goodness me, the choices here that were made. Uh, maybe not the best, especially to post it on your socials as well. Uh, I'm going to know. I know people are going to have an absolute field day with this one. Um, look, in, in my view, it may, maybe posting it was the wrong idea, but he's entitled to do what he wants. He's got his own spare and free time, so he can do what he wants with it. But uh I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, very, very amusing. Uh, Matt says, what are your thoughts on the split game week? I'm a fan. I think it's a really smart way to get players their much needed rest while also keeping the football going for the fans. Matt, I think you sum it up really well. Um, I think we still get football over the course of two weekends. It gives a weekend off for Premier League players and for Premier League clubs. And so therefore, yeah, I think it's great. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to give those players a rest and and that's really, really important. Uh, Charles says, morning, Tom. Is it just me? Every time I see Havertz at left centre mid, I feel like Arsenal is playing with 10 men uh, for 70 minutes. He does so little progressively, just basic stuff compared to Xhaka. I think, Charles, the misconception people have is that Havertz was signed to replace Xhaka. For me, he wasn't. I believe Declan Rice and Thomas Partey were, of course, meant to be those key players in the midfield. Um, and then Martin Odegaard with the, the creativity ahead of them. Um, but because of Partey's injury and because of Zinchenko's injury at the start of the season, the way in which we shifted the defence around a bit with the situations we had going on, Partey was in that back four in a hybrid role, um, so we didn't get to see it. But I agree in the sense that I think his best position lies outside of the midfield. I wouldn't be starting him at left centre midfield if it was up to me. I think the right way forwards is to is to, to not do that, basically. So I agree with you. Um Bulgarian Guna Drago says, do you think Brentford will lower their price in the summer, say from 100 million to 60 to 65? Potentially. But ultimately, if there's a bidding war, they don't need to. You know, if you've got Chelsea coming in, if you've got Arsenal coming in, you know that they're going to be um, both having opportunities to to try and succeed. You know, I think that 
that will help Brentford. That helps their cause. That helps their opportunity to try and and to get a higher figure. But it will depend upon how many clubs come in for him, I think, during that window. Uh, if only one club come in, they might end up being able to negotiate a lower figure. But obviously, think about the Declan Rice deal. Um, we've got a situation where Arsenal were bidding at the start. West Ham were saying no because they knew that Man City were there and interested and eventually Man City did come in. And that pushed up the price to what we had to pay. If Arsenal were the only team going in for Declan Rice in that summer window, we may have been able to succeed in getting that deal done for a lower figure. But Man City's involvement changed things. So if Arsenal going for Tony and Chelsea going for Tony or someone else comes in for Tony, then that ultimately might change things for Arsenal. Um, and the price tag. Uh, Jonas uh, Lofving uh, says, uh, or Lofving, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, as a Swede, it's interesting hearing the talk about Guyokarez. Um, had a breakdown in the national team last year. It could be used. Breakthrough. Is that meant to be? Yeah, breakthrough. I didn't mean breakdown. <laughs> a breakdown in the national team. Uh, could be useful. Do you remember the last Swede that we had at Arsenal, Tom? I'm trying to think if there was one after Jumberg. Uh Olsen? We had a youth player called Olsen um, who went on to play, I think, for the Swedish national side after Jumberg. Uh Kim Kallström, he was Swedish, right? I'm pretty sure. Um, any other Swedes? I'm trying to think if there's any other Swedes um, that I can think of. But uh, Amanda Alstedt, of course. You've got to think about the um, the women's team as well. Um, but I'm trying to think if there's any... If there's any more um, that I can think of uh, that have been Lena Hurtig as well, Stina Blackstenius, they're all coming to me now, but they're in the women's team, of course. Um, Sebastian Larson was one of the young guys. Yeah, he came through and then obviously came went to, to uh, Sunderland for spending most of his career. So, yeah, we've had Swedes at the club um, and have got Swedes at the club. And maybe, as Bulgarian Guna here says, we might get Swedes at the club because Alexander Izak uh, is a potential exit from... Newcastle. Newcastle in a bit of uh, financial bother because, of course, they're trying to adhere to their own profit and sustainability rules. And um, because of that, Isaac um, is, you know, is Isaac is is one of those players that they could get a, a lot of money for. If if it was up to me, I'd rather choose between Tony Isaac. I'm choosing Isaac personally. I know he's had his injury issues, I suppose, but the age profile I think is better. Um, and that Premier League consistency he's been playing in the league this season. I'd love to see. Um, Isak arrive at Arsenal. That'd be a great move. Uh, Lee says, Tom, confidence plays a massive factor in a player's mindset. If the goals start flowing, then I believe performances will improve and results will be where we want them to be. Um, and I think that confidence is... We talked about this on the other show the other day, didn't we? Um, confidence, mentality. Uh, we talked about the fact that we need momentum and at the moment we're struggling to, to, to get that. Um, Rich says, Tom, I'm confused about the homegrown rule. I thought we needed eight players trained in the country, of whom four trained at the club. If Nketiah and Smithrow leave us, signing Tony won't replace them. No, so the homegrown rule uh, works. You're allowed 17 non-homegrown players in your squad, um, is what you're allowed. So uh, you need, of your 25-man squad, at least eight um, homegrown players, basically. Unless they're going to change it, there's been suggestions that they might increase or decrease the the non-homegrown quota. Um, and so players that were at the club uh, or playing in England um, for at least three years before the ages of 21, to my understanding, count as homegrown. Now, Ivan Tony came through at Northampton Town uh, in their youth career. 
Um, he went to Newcastle, of course, went on loan a lot of times before he ended up at Peterborough and then, of course, now at Brentford. And uh, he would be homegrown. Uh, Ivan Tony is a homegrown player, so uh, Tony would indeed replace um, the the exits of the likes of Smith Rowe or Enketia in our homegrown. But it's not, you have to remember it's the other way around. So we don't have a homegrown quota. We have a non-homegrown quota and we can register 17 non-homegrown players in our group. Uh, I hope that explains it. Uh, Steve says, why are you talking about potential signs every day when you told Dan Potts that we're not buying anyone in January? Um, because, Steve, that's the rumours and it's a news show. Um, we talk about the news every single day and if there's rumours of, of stories, we talk about the transfer, Steve. Um, but look, Potts had his show yesterday. Uh, I know he went over onto Troops' channel yesterday as well, just for the records to kind of clear up some of the things that were and were not said. Um, so I think Dan may have misconstrued what I said on, on his show when we talked about Eddie and Ketty in particular, which I know was mentioned on Troops' channel. I said that Eddie and Ketty is the Lacazette replacement in the sense of Lacazette was the backup number two striker behind Abamyang, and now Enketia is the number two striker behind Gabriel Jesus. It's just, you know, that's just the state of player where we are. If it was up to me, I'd rather we replaced Eddie and Ketia and brought somebody else in that was better. I think I've been pretty clear about that and consistent about that on the channel, of course, as well. Um, so, yeah, I just hope that clears up that that little thing there. But, yeah, because we, we talk about potential signings. I don't think we'll sign anyone, Steve, to be honest. I, I really don't. I'd be very surprised. If anything, it'll be a very cheap deal or it'll be a loan um, because at the moment, financially, we are very restricted, Steve, by the the financial limits that we have on the on the club because of the profit and sustainability rules. So um, that's that's why it's yeah. We talk about the rumours that are out there. We talk about the stories that are there. But ultimately, as I've said and been very consistent about, I don't think that we will sign anyone. Uh, Pika who says Tom could we potentially buy Raya? So then it allows us to loan Tony, so we can see how it does, and then buy in the summer. No, because the price tag is still going to be a hundred million pounds for uh, for Ivan Tony, isn't it? Um, so because it's going to be a hundred million pounds, if you buy Raya, um, that loan is still going to have to have an agreement of a huge sum, and also. Brentford have said that they're not selling. Um, they're not selling in this window. They're not letting him leave. And Tony has come out and said he's very much looking to to fight for his place um, at at Brentford. So there's not an expectation that that will change. Um, Temi says, Tom, are you aware that Crystal Palace's bid for Eddie was neither accepted nor rejected? Uh, sometimes you don't even respond to bids, Temi. Sometimes bids aren't accepted or rejected. Um, I don't know that to be true, by the way. Um, but certainly, I think that, um, yeah, it's uh, uh, it's it, the, any suggestions of the numbers that I've been heard of, I don't think Arsenal would even even consider at this stage. I think there's going to have to increase those those potential inquiries quite significantly. Bagama says, what is a profit and sustainability rule? Uh, we've gone through this a few times. So just in short, uh, Premier League clubs are measured over a three-year period. At the moment, that period is from 2023 through to 2025. The last one was from uh, 2019 through to 2022. They included that in a four-year bracket because the COVID years were combined from 2020 to 2021 as an average. So what happens is after those three years, you're monitored over those. You have to submit your finances after those three years. And you must have not made a loss of $5 million, um, in each of those years. You can extend that, that loss. That loss can be extended to around £35 million, depending on different scenarios. So across the three years, that loss would be £105 million. If you breach that, if you breach these profit and sustainability rules, you can be subject to 
points deductions, as we have seen through Everton this season. They have received a points deduction. And there are a number of clubs, uh, supposedly, that like Nottingham Forest, I've seen Wolves mentioned in this, that are apparently um, skirting around quite close to that. And Arsenal, of course, have got their own concerns because we've sadly not been able to sell players well enough, but we haven't really had the resources um, of, uh, of, of players. Like you think about when Klopp arrived at Liverpool, you know, they just sold Luis Suarez. They then sold um, Coutinho. You think about um, clubs like Chelsea that have had a, a numerous loan players go out on loan, constantly playing, never getting any mitts of the first team and then selling them. Arsenal, sadly, when Arteta arrived, had a squad that was broken and, and we couldn't really make too much money from uh, the player sales. So we've had to really be careful about our spending. So there you go. Um Matt G says, Tom, why are you talking about Arsenal news on an Arsenal news show? <laughs> um, I see what you're saying, Matt. But look, Steve's entitled to answer the question, um, which I, I hope I've provided a good enough answer to. Um, let's go to LMS. Says, Tony will have a year left on his uh, deal in the summer, his age. So going over for 60 million wouldn't make any sense. I would tend to agree. I wouldn't pay any more than 60 million in the summer for Ivan Tony. Um, Young King says, you mentioned yesterday that Liverpool's title had an asterisk next to it. Do you think people look at Arteta's FA Cup in the same way? It's a really good question, actually. I guess probably less so because he's a manager that came in, uh, you know, inherited that broken, fractured dressing room and went on to win an FA Cup against Chelsea in the final, of course. Um, beating Manchester City in the semi-final was a brilliant achievement. But I guess some people would... Yeah, I guess some people would probably put an asterisk next to that as well because it was during those those COVID periods. Like we had to go to Sheffield United and there were no fans in that ground and Sheffield United would have been, in that season, having a fantastic campaign. So maybe it would have been a trickier test. I don't know. But it's certainly worth asking the question. Um, Bizarre says, Tom, why don't you like Nketiah? I do. I like Nketiah as a guy. I think he's a, he's a great lad. But in regards to kind of where Arsenal are at, I just don't think that, I don't think that if you're looking at Arsenal moving forwards, that Eddie Nketiah is going to be the guy that takes Arsenal to the that next that next step. And just from what I've seen, from watching him, I, I can't see it. So, you know, it's nothing personal. It's just on the footballing level, I feel like for Arsenal to be a team that can compete with Manchester City, we need to be in a position where we've got nines that are competing with with the same or as close to the level of Manchester City as well. Uh, HP says, all Arsenal needs is a real number nine, like Colo Moani. Uh, now, Colo Moani is a player, of course, that Arsenal were looking at and were uh, watching when he was at Frankfurt. But he moved to to PSG in the summer for a big, big amount of money, like 80-odd million pounds, I think, he ended up moving for. And they spent 80 million-odd pounds on, on Colo Moani. He scored four Liga goals this season in 12 games. He's got 10 goals across all competition, which includes the Champions League, uh, a goal in the Bundesliga before he left, and in the Bundesliga Cup as well, or the DFB Pokal. Um, UEFA, UEFA, uh, UEFA European Conference League qualifiers. Um, Coupe de France has got two goals in one game for that competition. And uh, in the Trophy de Ch uh, Champion, uh, he's, he's played a game, but no goals. But four goals in 12 Liga matches. I'm not sure that he's turned out to be as good as I certainly thought. And that's the thing is that you can be really attached to a player that you think Arsenal should sign. I've been there in the past, you know, with players that I really thought that we should go for. And they've turned out not to be, um, well, up to scratch. You know, they've turned out not to be as good as what I thought they would be. And 
you know, I'm not perfect and uh, I can't, I'm not going to get everything right. I've, there's players I'd like us to sign. There's players that I'm not as keen on. Ivan Tony, for instance, could come in and absolutely smash it. And I'd have to hold my hands up and say, you know what, we, I got that one wrong. And I've been wrong before. So, you know, it's all about making sure that you have the the humbleness, if you like, the humility, that's the word, to hold your hands up if you get it wrong. Colin Moani, I don't know yet. I, I think Colin Moani is a, still a really good player that's got some really good potential. I think that he's versatile enough that he could offer you different things in different positions. But at the moment, the jury would definitely be out. You know, if we'd have spent that Havertz money on Colin Moani and a little bit more, uh, I think we'd probably be at the moment asking similar questions as well because he's only got four goals and Havertz is, I think, in the Premier League. He's got four goals as well. Bournemouth, Brighton, Brentford, um, Luton. Yeah, he's got four goals as well in the Premier League. Um, Unique says, Tom, who would you like us to sign? In this window, it's, it's as I say, it's really hard. There, there could be scenarios in which um, Arsenal can take advantage of financial you know, problems with other clubs. Um, for instance, I did a piece at the start of the month looking at Everton and looking at Nottingham Forest and looking at three players that I think maybe would be good deals for Arsenal if indeed that Arsenal can get them on the cheap if um, Everton and Nottingham Forest are in the in the situation where they might need to sell players, you know, for example. Um, so that, that might be something Arsenal could look at as an opportunity. But again, it's difficult to know because we don't we don't really know specifically the amount of money that Arsenal have um, to spend. What we do know is that they can't sign a major player during this window. So like Amadou Anana, for instance, I think I included him in the piece, actually. Um, he's still being spoken about at like 50 odd million quid, you know, which Arsenal, I just can't see how they're going to spend that much money. Um, I think I talked about Morgan Gibbs-Wyatt being another one. If Nottingham Forest do need to sell, Morgan Gibbs-White is a fantastic homegrown player as an attacking option that would add, I think, depth to this squad. He's done well since moving there. Um, but again, they're going to have to sell him for, for a significant fee. I don't know if we're going to have that amount of money. The question mark is always around. Whilst we can make these suggestions about what Arsenal should do, who I would like them to sign, ultimately, it's very, very difficult to know whether or not... Um, you know, that Arsenal are going to be able to stump up the money. But in the summer, obviously, things are different. In the summer, Arsenal, again, that it's a bit more relaxed. We'll know how much money we would have got from the Champions League and the revenue from commercial deals, et cetera, et cetera, and any potential sales. You know, I think we've got a big summer of selling still to go. A big, big summer of selling still to go. So, yeah, certainly um, there is there's potential here. Um, there's real potential for Arsenal to... Well, hopefully, um, improve the squad to a level that we can then compete even better than we have done this and and obviously in, in last season too. Um, Striker-wise, Ozzyman, if you can go and get him, go and get him. But it's, again, another 100 million plus, um, you know, to spend on a on a player. And that's a big, big amount of money. And then can Arsenal do other business? Because we need other players as well. Um, the, the process, the, the building of this squad is not complete. £590 million spent so far. That is not going to buy. That is not going to build you a squad in the Premier League that's going to beat Man City, and that's why more is needed, um, and we need to do more to try and close that gap. Uh, Bizarre says, "Why can't we exchange Vlaovic and Inketia uh, at Juventus? Um, because I don't think they want to sell Vlaovic. I'm not sure that they want Inketia. So <laughs> it's all well and good saying why can't we do that. The answer is because I don't think it's possible. 
um, is, is the answer. Uh, BMAX says, do you think Havertz would be better up front if Saka and Martinelli swapped positions? Uh, their crosses would be more suited to him. Um, uh, I think that Havertz is better suited in the forward positions. Get him out of the midfield for me. I think we just need to get Havertz out of that midfield three, from my view. I think the best you're going to get from Havertz is seeing them in, in the box, as close to and as in the box as feasibly possible. And on our transitions, I want urgency. I want something more. And I, you know, we are lacking Xhaka, obviously. Xhaka's absence is being felt, definitely. But for me, our best 11 doesn't include Havertz. I don't think that's an unfair thing to say. Should Arsenal's £65 million investment get into our starting eleven? Probably. And that's why we're having a big discussion about whether or not um, it was the right decision to make. That said, you know, Man City have spent £100 million on Grealish and don't necessarily start him every week. They've spent £80-odd million on Guardio and he doesn't necessarily start every week either. They spent £50-odd million on Calvin Phillips. He does certainly doesn't start every week you know so that i suppose is something to be said about what happens when you spend big money at the top of the table is that you spend big money on players that aren't necessarily always going to start for you so that's that's worth pointing out um and gerald says look how much better as a team we play when kai is up top and this is what i did i wrote that piece about kai havertz against liverpool breaking down his performance against uh the reds in the fa cup and the performance overall was good his movement was good it was the finishing that was really lacking. If he scored a goal or two, we'd be talking about that display very, very differently for very obvious reasons. And if you look at the positions that Kai got into, there was that brilliant moment where Reese Nelson slid in, won the ball back, played it to Erdegaard. And if Erdegaard plays the ball in front of Havertz, he's in a one-on-one situation with Allison. But he played the ball behind him, and so Havertz has to spin. And by that time, Kanate's caught up for him, and Quantz has caught up to him, and he's then you know, pushing the ball wide because he's got to try and get himself in a better position. The other situation, the second half, ball over the top from Saliba, Saka's running down the right-hand side, Havertz is free in the middle, the cross doesn't come. Saka traps the ball, doesn't look up, doesn't see his player, doesn't execute the cross. Again, it would have been another situation of Havertz being one-on-one with Alisson. So I think the performance was good, the movement was good, it was encouraging, but obviously the situations we had, the header he had from that corner, he's got to score that. You know, it's, it's it's not acceptable to miss that type of opportunity. You have to score. Um, and and other than that, it was it was an encouraging display. But for £65 million, people are right to ask the question. That's for sure. Um, Lois says, um, uh, or Louis rather, um, do Arsenal have money for transfers at the moment? I don't think so. Linking Arsenal to Victor Ozzyman and Ivan Tony is not realistic at all, except that you want to have a problem with FFP. And that's the thing. Um, we have money for transfers. You know, that's never been in doubt. Arsenal have money. Arsenal have one of the richest owners in the world that has invested £590 million in this squad since Arteta took over. I think we've invested close, you know, I think since 2018, you're looking at a spend of close to £700 to £800 million pounds, uh, from Unai Emery's time at the club and, and of yeah, so if Unai Emery's in that summer of 2018, we signed uh, Torreira, Leno, Socrates, um, Lichtsteiner, of course. I think there's someone else as well that I'm forgetting in that with Genduzi. And then the summer after in 2019, we signed Pepe and Tini and Saliba. Um, and so you add that to the 590, and suddenly I think we're around eight, 850 
about eight fifty nine hundred pounds since they took full ownership of the club. So they've spent money and they've got money. The problem is, is that we're in a situation where now it doesn't matter if you've got money. I mean, look at Newcastle, for instance. They're a great example. Newcastle have got the, the richest owners in the world. They can't sign players because of the profit and sustainability rules. And I get people's frustrations. I do. I really get people's frustrations um, about... I get people's frustrations specifically about the idea of um, big six clubs have benefited from this because they've been able to spend more money back in the day. And there's an argument there. There's an argument that Man City were able to spend huge amounts of money before this stuff come in. And clubs that want to spend money now that have got new owners now can't spend because these rules are in place. And technically that is gatekeeping the biggest clubs. That said, you still got to spend smartly. Look at Chelsea. All you need to do is look at Chelsea or you look at Manchester United. If you don't spend smartly, you're not going to be up at the top. But I don't think Newcastle... I, I can empathise with Newcastle fans um, who have been excited about the fact that they've got a lot of money now coming in and they can spend it. And now they might have to sell a key player because they have to keep in line with profit and sustainability rules. Whereas you look at the club that Man City have built, you look at the team that Liverpool have built, you look at the team that Chelsea have built, and they've been able to do all those things despite the fact that these rules weren't necessarily in place at the time when they started to make those, those constructions. So I empathise with it. Um, it's also important always to see, uh, Louis, when you see FFP. This is not FFP. We're not talking about FFP. FFP is different. FFP is a UEFA thing. Profit and sustainability is a Premier League um, move, not movement. Regulation, that's the word. So they are separate. They are different things. Because um, FFP is kind of used as a, an umbrella term, isn't it, at times? But it is different. Um, so it is important to make that differentiation between... The two. Uh, Harish says, I really don't like a target man centre forward. I want us to get a centre forward who is pacey and a great shot taker combined with left wing, right wing. Uh, Mateus Tell uh, at Bayern Munich would be a dream choice. He's doing well at Bayern, you know, coming up uh, there and a young player as well, one to keep an eye on. But why would they sell? They might see him as the future of, of replacing Harry Kane, of course, maybe uh, in the long term. So I don't know why they would, uh, why they would sell at all. Uh, Steve Stone, who, by the way, Steve, it was an absolute pleasure to to see you at the Liverpool game, mate. And uh, I appreciated the uh, the adorning of the TGT hat that you took with you as well. Uh, Steve says, with the tightening of financial constraints, do you feel it could devalue the market? Um, it's a good question. Will teams now be expecting to spend less money? Well, the thing is, the profit and sustainability is a Premier League thing. So clubs outside of the Premier League will be turning around and saying, well, we're not under any, we're not any, other than FFP, of course, we're not under any specific league unless there is a different rule for a different league. We're not under the profit and sustainability rules. So we don't care that you work under these. We expect you to still pay the money that we expect Premier League clubs to play to pay for our players. So it's a really good question, though, because there's an argument you could say, yes, it will, maybe within the Premier League do that. Um, but there's an argument as well that because it's a Premier League-specific rule, that it won't on the wider aspect of, of football transfer. So, yeah, very, very interesting question. I guess time will tell, Steve. Um, but I'm really glad you raised that because it's a really important point. Uh, Stuart says, Tom, do you think that we have any chance at all of getting Mbappe now we're back in the Champions League? And the answer, Stuart, I think is, is sadly no. Um, because the finances involved with the... Um, uh, the what's the words kind of the wages and the signing on fees and all of those things combined are really really um, difficult to to get around sadly we're in a situation where the Premier League always will 
have big wages for the likes of Man City and Liverpool. But, I mean, even less so Liverpool, I guess. But Arsenal, our wage structure has been gradually rising. We've got Saka on, you know, a, a base wage of below 200k. But obviously, bonuses can take that to a very high figure. You've got Kai Havertz, whose wages were doubled from when he was at Chelsea. You've got Thomas Partey on big money, Jesus on big money, Martinelli's wage has gone up significantly. Ben White's new contract will see his wage go up, and he's already on a six-figure salary, I think. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think if you look on spot rack, I think it is. Um, and you've got other players. Of course, Declan Rice will be on a really big salary as well. <clears throat> so the Mbappe wage, you're looking at a million. I think it's something like a million a week. And so that just utterly blows everything that we've done. Um, and so it's really difficult. It's really, really difficult to to see uh, an Mbappe wage offer ever being made by Arsenal. Um, so yeah, Stuart, sadly, uh, it's it's difficult. Uh, and Tenet says, uh, how can Tottenham have a higher revenue than Arsenal? I thought Arsenal have bigger fan bases and are a bigger club. It's extremely laughable. I don't know about revenue. Um, Premier League revenue. Um, table so a quick look what i will say is obviously spurs have been in the champions league um for a number of years which has certainly helped their revenue in comparison to ours if i have a quick look at this is meant to be the deloitte um money league and hopefully it tells us which clubs and where they rank i'm hoping it will give me a table uh so Arsenal, yeah, so Arsenal are 10th, Spurs are 9th uh, in terms of revenue. Spurs' revenue is um, <clears throat> between 2018 and 2022, which is when we last have it. Um, 523 million euros, 442 million pounds. Arsenal, 367 million pounds. And that comes from both clubs and their situations of Spurs are in the Champions League for a number of years when we weren't. They were finishing higher than us in the Premier League table. So, yeah, the answer is they have a bigger revenue than us and have had a bigger revenue than us because they've been finishing above us um, and because they've been in the Champions League, Antony. So that, that's why they've had a, they have a bigger and have had a bigger revenue than us recently. That will now change, we hope. Um, we obviously finished above them last season by quite some distance. They're not in European competition this season. They um, went out of the League Cup at the first time of asking. They obviously have Man City in the next round of the FA Cup as well. They are fighting for Champions League, but they sold Harry Kane, which got them a lot of money through player sales as well to buy Munich. So, yes, they have a they have a higher revenue than us, but there are certainly explanations beyond the fact that we have a bigger fan base and are a quote unquote bigger club than them. But at the moment, their revenue over the past three um, from 2019 to 2022 certainly was, and their new stadium gives them greater revenue as well in some ways, as Flo Show says. Uh, in the chat box so that that certainly adds to it but it's nothing to do about how big your fan base how big your club is revenue comes down to things totally disattached from that or well, not totally disattached because certainly the revenue from fans and things like that changes things but um yeah competitivity the competitions you're in how far you go in them where you finish in the league that changes the the revenue of of the clubs so there you go um Rob says, surely FFP must at some point slow slash tighten in the market. In theory, there'll be less money available in the transfer window, at least averaged over three years. Um, tightening of the of the FFP or the slowing of FFP, they're two different things, I guess. If FFP slows, um, I think that, that we're going to be in a very, very difficult um, 
position with Man City being released to, to do whatever they want again in the market and spending huge sums and, and Chelsea as well. I don't want FFP or the profit and sustainability to slow down. I want it to remain consistent. You know, I want the clubs to have to work within these confines because I think it will make things more competitive in the long run. It will depend on who is the smartest at making decisions. Arsenal haven't been perfect, you know, and there's still the jury out on players like Kai Havertz, you know. So we've got to, we have to admit that. But we have been smart in some of the other areas that we've spent money, like Tommy Asu's deal that was like 20 million quid. Great move. You know, we've we've got a great player for that. Zinchenko was 30 million, early Gerdegaard 30 million. Um We've we've done some some good bits of business. Thirty eight million for Timber, I think that will prove to be a very good deal for us as well, barring of course the the possibility of the injury as well. Uh, e six, I'm gonna thumbs down until you admit that Kai was a waste of money. That's a shame. I would never thumbs down on something just because someone has a different point of view to you. And in the case of where I'm at with Kai Havertz, uh, I've the jury's out for me. As I said before, I will be making my judgment when I think that there is a better or more appropriate time to make that judgment. Uh, the end of the season is when I'm going to make judgments about this season. And so I suppose E6, you're going to be thumbsing down until the end of the season at least, which is a shame because I certainly wouldn't be disliking things just because someone holds a different opinion or is holding off on an opinion at the moment until they get more evidence and more information through. So, But you're entitled to do what you want, mate. Uh, Kish says, every club is impacted by FFP. It makes it interesting on who suddenly can become available as clubs need to manage this and their books as well. Uh, Ronald says, if Mbappe goes to Madrid, would you go for Vinicius Jr.? I don't think so. I think Mbappe would just become their, their new striker, wouldn't he? So you'd have Vinicius, Rodrigo and Mbappe as a as a front three, I suppose, with Bellingham playing behind them. Um, would be That's an unbelievable option, isn't it? That's an incredible amount of talent, um, you have to admit. Right, we're going to end the show there. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Very much appreciated. As I said, I'm going to talk to you about um, some situations on on Monday uh, where I can uh, talk to you about a bit more. It will be a shorter show, though, on Monday because I'll be uh, I'll be off and uh, into London that day. But uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for t- continuing to, to show support on the channel, um, especially, of course, through, as I've been mentioning for a number of weeks and the last couple of months, what has been a pretty difficult period of time. Um, so thank you. But things are are on the up now. Um, things are improving and you guys have been a massive, massive part of that. So thank you. And uh, as I always maintain, we have the best community here. Um, Steve was telling me a great story who I said I met at Liverpool um, uh, about what someone in our community did for him. Um, and uh, it was great to, to hear that. I often hear stories about people meeting up from this community to watch games uh, with one another and have never met before and only met across this community and I, I look forward to meeting as many people as possible uh, in the coming weeks and months as well uh, that love and enjoy the channel um, so thank you to do it for doing that thank you for the support that you always bring to me and and each other um, so drop a like subscribe and uh, I'll be back of course tomorrow morning for another show um, talking about everything that happens in the next 24 hours in the world of Arsenal stay safe Stay well, stay happy, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.